Hi, this is Perry Marshall, author of Evolution 2.0. You're listening to the Low Carb Leader Podcast. Welcome to the Low Carb Leader Podcast, a podcast focused on optimizing health and performance through a low carb lifestyle. Every episode will bring you a step closer to living an amazing low carb life. Come join us for this exciting journey. And here is your low carb leader and host, Dan Perryman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Low Carb Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Perryman, and you have joined me for episode 48. Today's guest is Dr. Robert Rakowski. Dr. Bob has a background in engineering, clinical nutrition, nursing, and he is a practicing chiropractor. He is well-versed in all areas of health and wellness, and today we're going to be talking about how to improve your core strength. Not through the typical ways we think about it, such as planks, but from a whole body perspective of how you can improve all aspects of your life and improve your overall health, including your core strength. In addition to running his practice and being a clinical director, Dr. Bob has lectured internationally for over 24 years on various topics in natural and lifestyle medicine. He has appeared on numerous television programs and international radio talk shows. He's a recognized expert in functional endocrinology and in-office diagnostic procedures to assess nutrition status. His clinical experience ranges from treating elite professional athletes, which he talks about in the interview, to critically ill patients with a variety of cancers and autoimmune diseases. So I know you will enjoy this interview with Dr. Bob. Before we get into the interview, I just want to remind you again to check out the Low Carb Leader Com website. On the right-hand side of the website, there is a link you can click and you can receive a six-week low-carb program. It's a good way to get started. It provides a nice incremental way to start your low-carb journey, so check it out. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, and I would very, very much appreciate it if you left me a review on iTunes. All right, let's get into the interview with Dr. Robert Rakowski. So welcome to the show, Dr. Bob. Well, thank you. I'm honored to be your guest. It's uh, certainly an exciting topic for me, and I hope and I trust for everybody else out there as well. Yeah, yeah. So you're uh, down in Houston right now, Houston, Texas, right? Enjoying the beauty of Houston. Uh, Born and raised in Wisconsin, and we always like the grass to be greener, so the grass is greener around here 365 days a year instead of being covered by snow. So (laughs) Yeah, uh, for sure. As one of my mentors says, the grass always seems greener on the other side, but it still needs to be mowed. So, Do you get back to Wisconsin for any reason? Just to visit family. My wife and I's family is still up there, so we love to go up there and say hello, but during the summer. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, tell us about yourself, about uh, your education and your interests and anything else you want to share. Oh, boy. So I'd like to say I'm rather a lot more self-educated than formal educated. But with that said, I have four different degrees. Uh, Bachelor's of Science Electrical Engineering, Bachelor of Science Human Biology, Bachelor of Science Nursing, uh, nursing and a Doctorate of Chiropractic. But uh, yeah, I've I've literally read oh probably 30 minutes a day every day for no less than the last 25 years at the advice of one of my great mentors, uh, and that's led to probably God knows what 20,000 PubMed articles plus, and I've taught doctors around that around the world for about the same 25 years. So. It's been a fun journey and just realizing there is nothing new under the sun uh, except for this crazy bad food that we've created and uh, we need to avoid it. 
Yeah. So you said electrical engineering and nursing? Crazy enough, right? So electrical engineering, I, I had a uh, scholarship to attend the most expensive private engineering college in the state of Wisconsin, Milwaukee School of Engineering. So I thought, well, I'd be foolish not to take that because at 18, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, after completing that, working in corporate America, I said, no, no, my passion is health and fitness. Uh, the nursing degree was my most recent because uh, in the state of Texas, the Texas Medical Board has a constant lawsuit against the chiropractic board and has been whittling away very successfully at our scope of practice. So the thought was if we ally ourselves with the nursing profession, we could essentially uh, keep some of the privileges that we like. But uh, I stopped that at a BSRN instead of going on to nurse practitioner because I figured that was about enough BS at that point in time. So you were a practicing chiropractor and you went back to nursing school or you did that before? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I continued to practice as a chiropractor in nursing school. And the funny thing is, when we got into nursing school, uh, they told us it was, it was actually a chiropractic-sponsored program. They said, don't tell them who you are in terms of chiropractors. They didn't think we'd be well-received. But the very first day that I was with a patient in the hospital and I was educating the patient, the nurse that was supervising me took me out in the hallway and she asked me, she said, who are you? And I said, my name's Bob. She says, no, that's not what I'm asking. You're, you're not a student. I said, I've been in healthcare for a while. She says, in what way? I said, oddly enough, I can't tell you. <laughs> Let's just say that I'm well experienced. Uh, but literally by the end of that rotation, of which there were 600 hours of rotation, uh, myself and my colleagues had adjusted every nurse on the floor and they had fallen in love with us. So uh, it was pretty interesting. Wow, that is very interesting. So a little bit about your scope of practice as a chiropractor, because a lot of chiropractors going into functional medicine try to get a more expanded scope. So what is the state doing with the scope? What are they trying to take away or what have they taken away? Uh, right now, they're working on getting us down to spine only. Uh, they're working on getting rid of any ability to diagnose. Uh, that, that's what the medical board is constantly suing against. So I kind of bridge my abilities by being a certified clinical nutritionist, a diplomate American Board of Clinical Nutritionists, bachelor's in biology, bachelor in nursing. That actually does help me to a certain degree. Um, but, uh, you know, if medicine had its way in Texas and they have a pretty powerful board, 30 full-time lobbyists, uh, they'll get us down to spine only. And they did a few years ago, almost successfully get it to, if you want to see a chiropractor in Texas, you needed a referral from a medical doctor. Uh, they're also currently working on taking away acupuncture. But with that said, um, you know, as a functional medicine practitioner, maybe, maybe I, I bridge the gap. So as a chiropractor, by the way, I, I see musculoskeletal only. But as a nutritionist, that different hat, uh, I'm able to give advice to anybody that needs nutrition advice, which is probably everybody on planet Earth right now. So that is really interesting. So as a nurse, chiropractor, engineer and uh, clinical nutritionist, I'm going to ask you this question. Sure, go uh, we're we're going to talk about uh, core strength and physical performance. So tell us a little, little bit about um, your background. You have an interest in muscle testing and core strength. So how did you get interested and involved in that? So we'll go back to the very beginning. So when I was in chiropractic college, uh, I, I went there because I had great success as a chiropractic patient. My chiropractor in Wisconsin, Mike Wickers, helped me tremendously. And that happened while I was in engineering school. And it was such a dramatic change. I, I was fascinated by chiropractic. And started asking him questions, you know, what would it take? And it seemed like I wasn't ready to bridge that gap yet. But when I became a chiropractor and went to chiropractic college, I was president of the technique club. Uh, and so I would bring in experts literally almost every week 
to show a different technique. And, and when I was exposed to muscle testing done in a very nice, scientific, reproducible way, uh, I thought, wow, that's a great way to interact with the body. And secondly, you know, the person that was demonstrating literally in, in a matter of 10 minutes solved a pelvis problem that I had had for, for a few years at that point that I wasn't making any lasting progress with. So his, his mindset was pretty simple. He says, look, chiropractors move bones, muscles move bones, muscles do a better job. You've got to work with the muscles to, to get the bones to, to be stabilized. And that just makes perfect sense from a cause and effect point of view. Uh, then as we transitioned to uh, core muscle testing, uh, I literally wrote one of my diplomate papers for the International College of Applied Kinesiology, basically entitled Core Problems, Core Solutions. And Hippocrates said it way back when, he said, in disease, look to the spine first. But really what he was more saying is when you, when you look to the spine, look to the spinal balance, which is maintained by the spinal musculature and the core strength. And so literally in the many, many thousands of patients that I've seen, including probably close to a thousand, certainly in the hundreds of elite athletes, whether we're talking Olympians or professional athletes, every one of them has some level of core function that can be improved. And almost across the board, as you do that, they have an immediate enhancement in performance. What are the main problems you see with core strength? Wow. <laughs> How would you even quantify that? So let's just say that, that there's an imbalance in the core, but oddly enough, it's not necessarily related to lack of training of the muscle. So in kinesiology, we say the whole body works together. Everything that happens on the inside affects the outside. And the big killers in our, on our planet right now, and probably in order, are stress, toxins, malnutrition, and then imbalance in physical inactivity. Uh, with the elite athletes, they may be on overbalance of, of exercise and not enough recovery, and usually due to poor sleep. But literally, stress can cause an imbalance in the core. Toxins can certainly cause an imbalance in the core. Uh, nutritional problems can cause an imbalance in the core, of which, guess what, blood sugar dysregulation uh, and, and carb issues can be near the top of that. But literally, uh, I have videos of, uh, of many of the elite athletes that I've seen that said, wow, I, I can't believe this. You know, I, I've been going to doctors for years, couldn't find a solution to this. And yet here you solved it quickly with a core imbalance and then a recommended nutrient slash lifestyle protocol that made an instant difference or near instant difference. So when you say core imbalance, just describe that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. No, no, no. So for instance, I do a lot of muscle testing around the core. So you, you can test the, the lumbar stabilizers. You can isolate that to a certain degree into whether it's the quadratus lumborum, the iliocostalis, the multifidi. Um, you can start looking at the abdominal muscles and you can say, is it erectus abdominis? Is it obliquus abdominis internus, externus? Is it transversus abdominis? Uh, is there a problem with the pelvic diaphragm? Is there a problem with the piriformis? Uh, is there a problem with the lateral pelvic stabilizers, uh, whether it's glute medius, maximus, minimus, tensor fasciolata? Well, we'll throw all those in there as part of core stabilizers. And then there's, you know, smaller ones that have muscles we barely remember, like the gemellus superior and inferior and obturator internus and externus. And those all can contribute to core imbalance. But you don't even need to know precisely how to test all those. I can generally show practitioners you know, in a short one day seminar, how they can assess the core to find the imbalance in, in better than I'll say 95% of the population and better than finding the imbalance is really working to correct it. So I'll take a little tangent. I had a patient years ago that had earned millions of dollars in his own company that he started. 
which was for industrial temperature control. And, and I asked him, and I asked this of many patients, you know, I want to learn something from everybody I interact with. Uh, and my question was, you know, what's, what's the secret to temperature control? And his statement was pretty simple. He says, Bob, if you can't measure it, you can't monitor it, you can't, you can't control it or fix it. And then I started thinking, well, do we really have a measurement of health, really, a universal health marker? And by the way, we, we kind of do, and it's published in literature. But how about just simple balance? Wouldn't that be a measure of health? If things are working ideally in terms of a structural function, wouldn't that be a better indicator than if they weren't? So literally, my starting point with everybody I walk, uh, assuming it's a structural patient, right, a biochemical patient, we're going to take a different starting point. But I want to see how's their core balance. And, and again, it's pretty easy to show that just about anybody you look at can have an imbalance. I don't care if they're you know, a world-class power lifter. I, I actually did a video demonstration on a guy a month ago on the road at a seminar I was teaching. He, he had a 600-pound deadlift, but yet his core was profoundly shut off. And when I showed him that, I said, you know, if I made that better, you think your, your performance would improve? He goes, I have no doubt it would. You know, and then we, we do some simple challenges and balancing procedures that, again, the, the effect is near instant. And I, I like to tell my patients that the body can change at the speed of the nervous system as long as we give it the right input. So when you say core balance, are you talking about like physically um, having them balance or are you talking about inner chemical balance or both? Well, how about all the above? But when, <laughs> yeah. I'm, talking, when I'm talking about testing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to literally compare right to left. I'll usually test in, in extreme posture the strength and function of the quadratus lumborum, the iliocostalis, the multifidi. Compare right and left and then look at the abdominals and the subdivisions of the abdominals. Same deal. Uh, and not only do you find subtle differences right, right to left, but in most cases, extreme differences where you can put someone in a, in a stress posture where literally their musculature doesn't support them at all. Now, generally because that's true and, and bodies are good at adapting, they're, they're gonna avoid that position, which will compromise their athleticism. Um, so rather than making them compromise subconsciously, we strengthen them so that they no longer need to avoid that weakness and their performance again goes up. I've, got, I've literally got video uh, of one of my Olympic coaches. I, I treated you know, over 20 athletes that were in Rio, mostly track and field stars. And the coach just simply said, you know, every athlete that he sent to me so far within two weeks has had a personal best. And, and the two major interventions are balancing the core system uh, and some type of intense clinical detoxification or, or biochemical shift. Give us an example. So maybe a condition that one of the clients had and just the kind of solutions you put them through. Just I want to make sure this is clear to everybody listening. Okay, so for instance, let, let me give you a professional athlete that, by the way, did give me a, a video release to, to share his data. So uh, now that I have the video release, I have the video release to give his testimonial. But here was a, a guy that was professional football, one of the top three defensive ends in football. And for two years, he'd been dealing with a turf toe. Uh, and he had been from team to team, doctor to doctor, uh, and they couldn't find an answer to it. You know, they said, look, we don't know what's going on, but this won't resolve. So when I tested his core, there was an extreme core imbalance to the point where it was actually affecting the function of a muscle, the tibialis posterior, which inserts into nine different bones of the feet. It caused the collapsed arch, which put a lot of pressure with his push off on the great toe, uh, which if, if you've ever had personal experience with it, with a turf toe, I don't know if you have or not, but man, I can tell you, I had one for two years that made my life miserable, but literally we then, and this may be a reach for some of your people, we tested different acupuncture points, reflex points, and we found that there was an issue with the liver meridian, liver channel. We gave him a detox program 
And within a week, basically, he said, wow, I can't believe this. I'm more than 80% better. In fact, maybe I'll even send you that video to, to post as part of this podcast. I don't know if that works for you or doesn't. Oh, oh yeah, sure. Um, sure, let's do that. And, and uh, just an absolute dramatic improvement. He says, I can't, I can't believe this. And so the, the, let's trace it back. So we improved his liver function, which stabilized his core musculature because everything on the inside affects the outside and vice versa. That relieved the pressure that was shutting up or creating dysfunction in the tibialis posterior. That reestablished his arch, decreased the stress on the great toe, and allowed it to heal. By the way, the following year, he won a Super Bowl uh, and signed a $28.5 million contract extension, number three defensive end in, in NFL. So pretty, pretty powerful uh, response there. So are you saying if I... Uh get my core in balance, I can get it, find a $28 million contract. You know what? Let's do better than that. Let's not, let's not limit ourselves to such peanuts, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. We're connected to infinite. We've got an infinite challenge out there and we've got practical solutions. So now it's just a matter of you and I yeah. sharing this data in a way that people get it and 28.5 million will laugh at that, right? Yeah. Well, it's uh, interesting, this whole, the systems approach to the body where somebody's toe might hurt, but it has to do with uh, like a whole different section of the body. And I think that people don't really realize that they just, if their foot hurts, their foot hurts. And well, it, let's just expand on that. So if you've been to three doctors and they've all said, okay, let's do this for your toe. And they're good at what they do. And the toe doesn't get better. Here's the answer. It's not the toe. <laughs> you know, if you're doing what they said and they are experts, they're experts at the toe and we'll give them that, right? They're experts at the toe. Uh, it didn't get better. So guess what? It wasn't the toe. The toe is, is a distant sequence from something else going on. So, so if you've got something, any, any listener, if you've got something and you keep trying a similar thing or a similar approach for the same area and it's not getting better, you need to go to someone with a different viewpoint that'll give you a, you know, the 30,000 foot view, I think as Mark Twain called it, right? Let's go really above and let's see how does all this work together or not and unwind it for you. What should people be looking at if they want to improve their, their core strength and their core balance? Well, you've got to eat right, drink right, think right, move right, sleep right, poop right, talk right every single day, right? I, I call those the magnificent seven. And we, we are absolutely responsible for our health. But as I tell people, you know, the air I'm breathing right now in my beautiful home, which is eco-friendly and I've got wood floors and, and you know, non-detoxifying paint and, and, and no carpet and purified water. I guarantee you my indoor air is still toxic. And, and that's just the sad reality of planet Earth today. But you have to understand the limitations of the system. Uh, and, and so on top of doing everything right lifestyle, there's a simple quote from the journal Advances in Therapy. And, and basically they found that food is too weak to replete depleted cells and bodies. So we could go on a long tangent of that, but I think it's pretty well recognized that we've overfarmed the soil and we've intoxicated it and food is not what it once was. So I also have a food pyramid and I love sevens, but at the base of my food pyramid, I have food, right? It's going to be a low glycemic index, low carb, ketogenic friendly. If God made it, it's okay. If man made it, don't touch it food selections. Then we go with superfoods, of which there are many. My favorite happens to be the herb Ganoderma lucidum. More people know of it by reishi, but there's, you know, literally dozens of superfoods. Uh, then we go up and we do actually medical foods or functional foods that are proven to actually move the body in a certain direction. Then I go with a multi, omega-3s, probiotics, and vitamin D, and those are going to be the magnificent seven in our food pyramid. But if they take really good stock of, of their lifestyle, 
if they minimize their toxin exposure, if they maximize their nutrient input, uh, if they reduce their stress, if they get really good sleep, these are all things that can, that can be good core strategies. Now, on top of that, um, we do too many people that actually exercise and there's not enough people doing that, but they do contrived exercises in a gym with a band or a weight. And, and I'm not against that, but it's not how we're, we were meant to be. That's not how we're supposed to move. Uh, and, and so we want to do whole body functional exercises. You know, people, I, I saw pictures on your website of, of, of you doing martial arts and, and what a beautiful uh, art, but by the way, I enjoy myself as well. Uh, to, to get whole body movement or, or people like hiking or they like sports where they move their body, whether it's basketball or whether it's ballroom dancing. Uh, there's there's going to be whole body movements that will nourish their body in a fun way and therefore keep them coming back again and again and again. So it, it starts with a really good, clean lifestyle. Now, the second part of, of your question, you know, what if you're looking for a, a qualified practitioner uh, I have a bias towards people that have at least some level of training in kinesiology or muscle testing because it's really what I think is one of the most underutilized tools out there. Uh, and we can teach some pretty simple core tests to, to allow people to put it together. So I've, I've done even kinesiology for trainers. I've taught for the International College of Applied Kinesiology for uh, now 23 years. We got my diplomat in that in uh, 1994. And it's kind of fascinating how you can show people that are working with people simple strategies to find imbalance and then better yet reasonable ways where they can work to improve that. And some of it, their, their motion can be very nourishing in and of itself, but I'm a whole lifestyle type person. So I like referrals to someone who's good at actually doing assessment. Uh, and you know, we, we won't say that they have to be a diplomat with the International College of Applied Kinesiology, but at least have some understanding of how to physically test the muscle on an individual, I, I see it's incredibly valuable. What would just be a couple of things if if you had to narrow it down to two things that somebody should start doing right away um, to improve their overall health? So we're a, a horrifically sleep deprived society. I don't care if you have to budget ten hours to get eight good hours of sleep. Get it so you can nourish your brain and body. Number two, meditate. Uh, the data is really, really powerful now. We've got all this noise going on in our mind and, and the age of mental illness in our population is coming earlier and earlier. And there's so many people that are afflicted because they're not giving their mind a break and nourishing it. And then eat wholesome, nourishing, clean foods, which are harder and harder to find. Those would be my big three. Yeah, those are great. I used to lift weights a lot and I have some injuries. So I'm, I decided to take a month off and I'm going to yoga. And just within Seriously, within a couple classes, my shoulder feels so much better. I, I swear my sinuses are better, you know, and it, a lot has to do with the, the stretching and the de-stressing and the breathing. And for those that think it's kind of kooky, like every hour I get up and I do deep belly breaths for a couple minutes, it's kind of life-changing and you just have to force yourself to do it. And then you start feeling these dramatic effects from it. Oh, what a beautiful discipline for you. So I'll share my own story with that. I will call myself a, a gym rat. I saw your physique pictures on your website. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, I also was a competitive natural bodybuilder for a period of time. And, and uh, you know, uh, man, I threw a lot, around a lot of weight. And like you, I had some injuries. So uh, for my birthday, it was my 40th, which was 12 years ago, I uh, hired Tony Robbins' trainer, a former Tony Robbins nice. trainer, a really solid guy for some sessions. I happened to be on the road where he, his gym was 
And uh, I walked in, I was a little beat up from, from weightlifting. He goes, okay, you've done enough weightlifting. Let's do some yoga. And, and I, I must've looked at him really cross-eyed. It's like, okay, I'm not paying you all this money <laughs> for yoga, right? And 20 minutes into the session, I was begging for mercy because every pose is infinite and you have to have certain points of contact on the ground and you need the hip extension, you need your tail tucked and you need your core tight and you need your shoulders down and back and your head has to be up and everything has to be centered and you have to work on your breathing. And, you know, yoga, oh my gosh, it is absolutely incredible art and science and can renew, rejuvenate you like you found on every level when done right. So I, I think it's a part or should be a part of every complete routine. Now, it doesn't have to be the whole routine. It, has to, it doesn't have to be everything you do, but I think it should be at least a component of every balanced routine. Oh, yeah. I think it's way harder than lifting weights, for sure. Ha. For sure. Well, cer certainly after you've abused your body with weightlifting, <laughs> yeah. right? Because we, we, don't, we don't move as well as we should after, after those years of, of tightening our muscles in a specific plane. Yeah. So for those that are suffering from weightlifting injuries, and, and I know a lot of people who are, their knees are beat up from you know, the chronic cardio, taking a break. I just wrote a little email to my subscribers yesterday saying that it's okay if you take a break from lifting weights, you know, it's unless you're 18 and you're trying to, you know, accomplish a powerlifting record, then your bench press decreasing a little bit while you take care of your body is probably an okay thing. Yeah, agreed. And you know, there's not going to be, so for instance, if you look at Olympic weightlifting, very, very different than, than bench press squat deadlift people, right? Uh, and, and so we're talking whole body explosion and, and they need mobility and flexibility to, to optimize their performance. And I think I, I have a bias towards that because I've seen my Olympic weightlifters. They're so much better off than, than my routine power lifters, especially the bench pressers. I, I've yet to see a bench presser without significant shoulder challenges if they've accomplished anything in that arena. Yeah, I think that's how I actually hurt my shoulder that and shoulder presses. And, you know, I, I still, when I go to the gym, it's the Monday, Monday bench press club that all my fellow 50 year olds are, you know, trying to bench 400 and talking about their injuries. And I always ask them the same question. Why do you keep benching? And they're like, well, it's, it's, I have to, that's so, so I'm strong. And I'm like, well, then I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, your neck hurts, your shoulder hurts, your back hurts. And, uh, sometimes you just have to listen to your body. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, we, can, we can take that back a, a step, but, you know, Maslow had a hierarchy of needs and the very base is, is basically physical and survival. And then as you move up his hierarchy, ultimately we get to self-actualization and even on his deathbed, he said transcendence. So we move towards where it's not a body-mind, it's a mind-body. And then ultimately, right, he said there's basically no body. It's just all, all spirit. And, and that's ultimately what we're going to pass on to. But Evolu you know, evolution of our own existence. We all start on a, in the physical, but as we progress, we move into knowing that there's a lot more to it than that. And it's easy to get addicted to the physical stuff, you know, and that's probably why a lot of these people are addicted to carbs or, you know, or exercise or sex or whatever they're addicted to. But, you know, the, the goal is to move beyond that at some point. Yeah, exactly. So one final question about uh, core strength. You mentioned, obviously, the NFL football player, his toe was healed. And so he could perform much better. But do you see a lot of correcting these core strength issues and then professional and non-professional athletes just getting so much uh, better in the sport of their choice? Across the board. Yeah. And, and their sport might just be life. 
you know? <laughs> so when you, when you look at the people that have, you know, medical disability and chronic low back pain, core is the primary component there. Uh, and it, it's not usually that they're doing too much. It's often that they're doing too little and they're eating inappropriately and, and not sleeping and, and you name it, right? So it's, it's a whole life, whole health phenomena. And more people I know their sport is life than any other sport. Do you see a lot of athletes just working out so hard that they, they're in a chronic state of stress and they don't give their body time to recover? Is that an issue you see a lot? Yeah. And, and, and so let me, let me go with a, a statement that I've taught for years. Most people don't overtrain, but nearly everybody under recovers. So when you, when you look at what human beings can put their body through in the right nutrition, sleep, body care protocol, it's absolutely amazing. Um, we can, we can all handle far more than we ever thought if we take the right steps to recover. Uh, and you, but now I don't know if you're familiar with the Pottinger cat study, which was one of the early epigenetic studies, but what they found out under a uh, nutrient deprived diet and your listeners can YouTube that it's probably cop copyrighted, but just literally YouTube the Pottinger P O T T E N G E R cats. And you'll see that, you know, they found that when they fed a cat a non-raw food diet, fats, cats thrived on a raw food diet, when they were cooked food, they just broke down. And, and so the first generation of cooked food cats broke down earlier than the raw food. Second generation broke down much earlier. Third generation was born sick. And there was no fourth generation because the, the animals were completely infertile at that point. And one of the lessons is, by the way, sick animals cannot reproduce. And, and in, in the world right now, Oxford X uh, suggests that one in 11 women are infertile. So this is pretty serious. But um, we are born a little weaker. We've got these epigenetic challenges because of stress toxins and malnutrition. So we have physically weaker tissue uh, and we are more prone to breaking down. So we, we have to really build in a structured plan and have ways of monitoring that. And we want to keep getting better. So there's a quote I literally found today, and I don't even know who the guy that said it was. I see his name here, but it's growth is the only evidence of life. And, and so let's just turn growth into expansion. So whether we're talking about expansion of capacity, everybody wants to get better at whatever they're doing. And if you suddenly stop making progress and moving in the wrong direction, it's time to reevaluate and I'm a big fan of coaches and mentors, and there's only so much you can see on your own. Get a good coach. Get a good mentor. Invest in something that will, will pay great returns. Yeah, I agree. So how does somebody know that they're not fully recovered? Can you trust your own body and your own thoughts? Or Yeah. Yeah, absolutely you can. So uh, one of my, uh, and I have many, 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 but I'll give a shout out to Paul Check. Uh, who I, I've studied his stuff for 20 years and, and we've shared information back and forth, but he has a simple test and I don't know if he created it or not, but you know, he talked about he having his athletes every day track their morning pulse before you get out of bed, before anything starts moving. You know, if you feel good about counting pulse rates, that's cool. Or you can buy a pulse oximeter, pretty doggone cheap and put it on your nightstand, clip it on your finger and you look and let's say that an athlete has a resting pulse of 60 pretty consistently. Uh, in the morning. Well, if they train hard and one day it's, you know, 64 or more, if it goes up four or more beats, uh, Paul Check says, instead of working out that day, he says, work in, do, do, do Tai Chi, do yoga, things like that. And, and so resting pulse is a pretty reasonable way to figure out if your body's recovering or not. It also may be a way 
to determine if a, if a meal uh, is being tolerated well by your system or not. So you ought to be able to eat a meal, right, and not have any increase in pulse rate. If there is an increase on some level, it's stressed your system. What do you think about heart rate variability? I, I think the evidence is emerging that that's a good way of looking at it, you know. So uh, as one of my great mentors said, you know, the easiest EKG to read is a flat line. Uh, and we're not looking for easy, right? <laughs> yeah. And the more, the more complex is an elite athlete with the incredible heart rate variability. Uh, and that's what we all really need. We want a complex EKG or heart rate, right? Not, uh, not that super easy one. Well, that's very interesting. So tell us a little bit about the work you do now. You're a clinic director in Houston and you focus on functional medicine, right? Well, I'd like to say that I focused on functional medicine before we even knew what functional medicine was. <laughs> I've had a passion for nutrition for the last 35 years and, and really dove into that. When I decided to become a chiropractor, I wanted to make sure that the uh, college I attended had a really good nutrition course, and it did. But nutrition and exercise and structural balance, those started out as the things that I started studying. And then I came to realize, you know, we're mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, social, financial, impactful beings. And everybody should, I believe, pursue growth in every one of those areas. And when we start looking at the physical, you've got to eat right, drink right, think right, move right, sleep right, poop right, talk right every single day. So I like to give my, my patients guidance in any area that they need it, uh, especially those that have expertise. In our final moment, are there any other tips you'd like to share or recommendations or maybe books somebody should read or YouTube videos? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I literally just recently, I, there's a bunch of stuff I have on YouTube and I don't want to be self-promoting. Uh, and one of my friends finally said, Bob, you should create your own YouTube channel. So one of my disciplines is creating a little health tip or some type of lifestyle tip every single day. So, uh, that's one thing they could go to. I love podcasts. I don't know how many I've done in the last few months, but it seems to be a really popular question. Everybody wants to ask, you know, if you could recommend one book, what one book would that be for my world? Still, I'm going to, I'm going to go back 25 years and, and the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. You know, the first thing being proactive, and, and I'll expand that into every area of life, right? You want to you wanna basically understand where you want to be and, and, and actively create that circumstance. But that would be the book. So, um, you know, you're, you're doing a tremendous service sharing podcasts, and I'm not sure which episode we're on right now. What Do you know what episode this is? This will be, I, I just published 47. Ah, I was hoping I'd be number 50. Uh, but anyways, you, maybe you, we, you maybe got it. Come back, right? You got okay, it. That's cool. Cause it seems like it's kind of a magic number, right? It, it's um, magical. Yes. But with that said, you know, I mean, you're, you're doing such a great service. So your listeners should quite simply just share this and, and cross fertilize and, and just let everybody know we've got a world of information out there. But with that said, I'm going to, I'm going to now reference another book. The author, unfortunately, died and I didn't get the circumstances of that, but it was called, if how-tos were enough, we'd all be skinny, rich, and happy. Uh, and so you and I can go back and forth and, and share great information and success stories, but if it's not acted on, nobody's going anywhere with it. You right. know? So action is what's going to make your life better. So I think John's Maxwell said, you, you can't really improve your life until you improve your days and you can't improve your days to improve your moments and you can't improve your moments to improve your decisions. And uh, together we can make the world better. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So how can people get a hold of you if they want to work with your center or you just shared the YouTube, they can go to your YouTube video or if they want to yeah, do Dr. consults. Dr. 
Dr. Bob Rakowski, you'll find some stuff that I posted. You'll probably find still way more stuff that other people have put on for me, but my website is thedrbob.com. So that's T-H-E-D-R-B-O-B.com. And uh, easy, easy enough to find that. And then whatever people want, we've got some resources there and some links on there. And if I can help them in any way, there's, there's a way to get that started too. Uh, very cool. And I'll link that in the show notes. All right. Well, this has been a very interesting interview and I've learned a lot about core strength and about core solutions. So thank you for being on the show today and sharing all your knowledge with us. Hey, you're welcome for that. And, and by the way, right, the, the title is the low carb, right? So I, I'm a massive fan of low carb, especially quality carb and none of this processed garbage. So, you know, I want to keep coming back to that too. You're, you're leading the way in basically getting people to stop being addicted and poisoned by their food. So I appreciate the great work that you do. Well, awesome. Awesome. Thank you again for being on the show. It's been great. You're very welcome. Enjoy the beautiful day. Yeah, you too. Thank you for being with us today, and we hope that you are on the road to your successful low-carb lifestyle. Become a leader in your health and a leader in life. Check us out at www.thelowcarbleader.com. And remember to join Dan again next time on the Low Carb Leader Podcast.